Welcome to the third episode of the Kids Love Sport podcast, brought to you by me, Sam Levick, owner and founder of Fun Fitness for Littleys Australia. Today's guest, he came a little tip. The sport of his home culture wasn't really played. Took up the round ball game, soccer or football, and was you know fairly successful. But he had to make a choice, and his parents made that choice with him. But it's a great story of parents out there, how you can support your child and open conversation, and children that we don't always get to do everything we want. From here, he actually found a sport where he went on to play for the Port Adelaide Football Club in the Australian Football League. For just over 10 years, went 150-odd games. From there, he's actually stayed with the club for another you know, four or five years since his retirement, and he's enjoying the business side of the club. Not only is he well engaged with the club and the AFL scene in Adelaide, he's also... Very into his physical activity as a part owner of three F45s in the Adelaide region. Please help me in welcoming former AFL star Alapate Carlisle. It's a great episode for all to have a listen to. As you will, I'm sure, get great little notes from it. Welcome, Pate. Great to have you. Yeah, obviously, thanks for having me on, mate. Uh, uh, yeah, the journey with the f- football club's been 15 years now, so I was 11 years a player, and now going into my starting with my fifth year as an administrator in the multicultural program space. So it's mm. um, in the community department, and uh, yeah, so it's an awesome time, and I've yeah, been absolutely privileged to be involved. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Multicultural, you say you're on, on sort of the inclusion side there with multicultural supporting people of all backgrounds and races to be involved in, in AFL? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's around being, uh, like embracing the diverse communities we, that we live in and Australia has ever-changing face of what we look like as Australians and um, it's important that uh, we use sport and in particular AFL is a huge opportunity for these new newly arriving um, communities to get involved in Australian culture and lifestyle and uh, it also provides networks for them uh, for their mm. families for job opportunities and other other bits and pieces that uh, only sport can provide and yeah so it's a really exciting sort of space to be involved in yeah it's amazing what sport does to bring people together and and like you said open up so many different channels and opportunities so Let's take a bit of a step back. Growing up in Wangaratta, in, in Victoria there, northern, northern country region there, an hour mm. from Albury-Wodonga, for those that are on the New South Wales side, um, what, was, what was your childhood like around physical activity and, and, and what you did as a child? Yeah, so being from a Fijian background, uh, we moved around a fair bit because um, I was born in Fiji and then... Yeah, grew up in Wangaratta, which is about probably 20,000 people um, surrounding. Mm. So uh, and sport was lifeblood of the of the town because yeah. you had the two teams in the town for football that were 
the Wang Maggies and the Wang Rovers, and there's always a really strong rivalry. And then you had the Murray Bush Rangers, which was based out of there as well, which is the TAC Cup um, team. And, but, and when we, sorry to cut you off there. Yeah. For those listening, we're talking about AFL Aussie rules. So when Pate says football, we're not talking about the round soccer ball. <laughs> <laughs> For Tony those football. maybe a bit confused because every every Aussie has a different name for football <laughs> sorry <Yeah>. mate <laughs> no nah, no nah, that's fine um yeah I'll be, I'll, mate to be honest i started in soccer so i yeah, was right. playing a lot of rep soccer um and um trying out for state team and stuff like that and mum and dad yeah just asked me sat me down one night and asked me to, to stop because um i was one of sorry mate yeah, uh, yeah they asked me to stop and i was one of five uh kids so um, them spending a fair bit of time on the road trying to get me to training mm. to um, to games and stuff was uh, becoming a little bit much. So, uh, yeah, I ended up uh, stopping soccer at the age of probably 12 or 13 and then, um, yeah, just followed my brother's footsteps into AFL, um, just kicking around with some mates and had some really strong friendship groups that were really involved in sport as well, which helped. Um, mm. And, yeah, so... Ended up making a couple of rep teams for football and I was still playing a lot of basketball as well. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great childhood to be involved with because uh, of the, like, I was changing sports every, all the time, playing tennis and swimming and other bits and pieces. So it was, it was uh, great to be living not only in the country, but having that involvement in so many different sports. Mm. Typically, when we, when we think about Fijians, um, it's rugby league and rugby union not really Aussie rules. So, yeah. so Wangaratta, obviously small town, it's got Victoria, so it's, it is technically an Aussie rules town. <laughs> but you started with soccer. So was there quite a good little, uh, like a junior soccer competition in Wangaratta? Uh, yeah, was there was... many different sports that had a good little competition? Yeah, they were, they were really strong sports um, back then. It was like... So you had like a really strong uh, soccer competition that went all the way up to the Riverina. Um, it involved all okay. Donga and yep. um, Benalla and Myrtle and, and, and clubs like that. And then uh, the tennis even was really strong in, uh, at, it just in the, in the centre of town. Like they, had, uh, they had used to have tournaments where there were a couple of hundred kids rock up and all that sort oh, of wow. stuff. So, yeah, it was, really, um, it was a really sporty town. Um, and like, if you weren't doing anything on the weekends, you were sort of uh, left out a little bit, which um, wasn't great, but it was really important that you were involved in sport um, in some aspect. And yeah, from and the basketball competition there was really strong as well. And they had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night sort of basketball, yeah, which was yeah. packed out each, each night. So it was a great sort of childhood and um, environment to sort of grow up in because you knew that... Uh, no matter what day of the week, you're always at the at the local Y just shooting hoops yeah. or or um in the pool or something like that. And it was a really sort of community hub that everyone was sort of welcomed and embraced. Yeah. What's it been like? Do you know what it's like now in Wangaratta? Has it changed much in, in as far as what you saw during your childhood? Yeah, well, I know the the, the football leagues are still really strong back there, um, mm-hmm. and they, they've got the Almonds and Murray competition back there, which is really a really well respected league. And they've had some lots of ex AFL players back. I think Dean Polo and guys like that still mm-hmm. play back there and uh, are involved in coaching now, which is great for the for the region. Um, yep. And a lot of Ben Reed's back there at the moment from Collingwood, and he's gone straight back out of, out of retirement, straight back there. So. Yeah, uh, well. The league's really strong and uh, the community is what, what really sort of um, 
relishes those guys coming back because it brings a sort of buzz to the town and a buzz to the football clubs and makes them really the uh, sort of focal point for these young kids coming through especially. Mm. So being in Adelaide now for the best part of 15 years, what was it like? What's it like in Adelaide compared to Wangaratta? CBD versus small country town? Oh, Adelaide's probably just bigger than <laughs> bigger than Bendigo, so we only just beat them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Adelaide's Adelaide's really good, and uh, it's still got that sort of country vibe about it, especially if you're out in the suburbs, which is really cool. Um, it's got a beach here, which is which is a bit uh, a bit different to growing up in Wangaratta, where you're swimming yeah. in the ovens, ovens river. But um, nah, it's a it's a great lifestyle over here, especially for bringing up kids, and they're really active here in their sport. Um, the sport's really strong in Adelaide um, from. All sorts of sports like lacrosse and uh, football, rugby. Like, it's all really strong, and all the junior competitions are really supportive of uh, of like kids coming through to make sure that they're uh, they're experienced as much as possible. Yeah, well, we're we're chatting here just post the the um, uh, Super Bowl, the fifty fifth Super Bowl, and and back in two thousand and three, I actually went to Adelaide for representing New South Wales in in field hockey, yeah. and. When we got to the the hockey stadium there in Adelaide, we all sort of looked around and went, "What's these extra lines? And what are those post things?" And they were, they were gridiron, as we Aussies like mm. to call it, gridiron posts. Which I didn't even think we played it. <laughs> but uh, apparently, a good, there is a gridiron lake here. There's a junior comp and a, yeah. and a senior comp, which is um, yeah, so they get right into it, which is cool. And it's played probably oh, honestly probably three minute drive from my house, so it's yeah, uh, it's pretty awesome um, to see that. Even American sports is really embraced over here too. So that's really taken off um, probably the last five, ten, five or so years, especially in Australia. Like the Super Bowl is huge. Uh, we all know how big it is over there. It's like a religion. So um, the fact that we're able to embrace it as well and um, any Americans here pretty, uh, feel pretty welcome when they're, uh, when they're watching the Super Bowl because they're, they're actually telling us what's going on instead of yeah. uh, watching AFL or, or rugby or something <laughs> and shaking their head and not knowing what's going on. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's, it's great to see how Adelaide has, like that was obviously 17 years ago that they already had some some NFL gridiron over there, which is probably well before its time, I guess, in a lot of other parts of Australia. Um, so w- when you, you mentioned uh, doing a lot of basketball through up until you were drafted for Port Adelaide, how did, how did AFL and basketball for you support then that journey to be a professional AFL player? Yeah, well, we used to play against a whole heap of guys that were playing AFL at this stage. So like, hmm. Scott Pendlebury was a, was a gun. Uh, Ruff, Jared Ruffhead was a, was a freak as well. And there's so many guys that had transferable skills um, that they learnt in basketball that um, shows out in the footy field. And Scott Pendlebury is the one that everyone, uh, everyone knows. And uh, the story that he was like a... He was an unbelievable junior basketballer. Um, and then that helped with his spatial awareness, his hands in traffic, his, his demeanour when people are actually hanging off him, trying to tackle him and stuff. And his footwork is, is second to none as well. And that come, a lot of that probably comes down to basketball. And same with Jared Ruffhead. Like his body work was mm. like, I know playing on Ruffy myself that his body work on the footy field was elite. Um, and his footwork was outstanding, especially for a guy of his size. And... Uh, yeah, his ability to get up and down the ground and use his agility and his movement was uh, was second to none. So I think, yeah, they're, they're just two examples of guys that have made it because 
you've got other guys like Christian Petrarca and guys like that who are doing some some amazing stuff nowadays that uh, you probably don't see that sort of stuff uh, crossing over now. Yeah, because what I've found um, is that a lot of sports are pushing and, and, and NSOs, the national sporting organisations, are actually pushing for children to specialise younger, which, like you've just said, those basketball skills, I hadn't even thought about some of the spatial awareness aspects mm. of basketball transferring over. That, that's quite a fascinating one, I think, and, and how they, you guys are on top of each other, both basketball and AFL. So that understanding and awareness of where everything is, how, to, how your body's going to move, translates so well. Are yeah. you seeing through the ranks now in your five years in, in the business side of Port Adelaide, are you seeing a difference there because they're specialising younger or is it still, are they still sort of allowed to play up until a bit later still? Yeah, they're, like they're, they're obviously steered away from uh, having an interest in other sports and a lot of parents are, are pushing and coaches are pushing to have them choose at a younger age, uh, say 12 or 13, to make sure that they're putting 100% effort into making their chosen sport. But um, I know, if, I know for the fact, like, uh, like even like Robbie Gray and Chad Wingard, like, who are a bit closer to home, uh, yeah, they played heaps of different sports and they were both gun basketballs as well. And having that balance of actually being able to just go out and have fun is a really important thing that I think uh, at the elite level can get lost sometimes. Um, so as a junior, you don't want to start losing that fun aspect because then you have the stuff like burnout and stuff like that, where I think a lot, sorry, mate, I think a lot yeah. of, uh, I think a lot of the kids uh, probably succumb to some of that pressure sometimes, um, yeah. especially when they're younger in the AFL. Because uh, mm. um, I'll do a little bit of player welfare and uh, development with a few of the boys and some of the some of the challenges that they face, especially around some some family pressure and stuff, is pretty pretty immense. So yeah, well, for you, if you hadn't have played basketball through till being drafted, do you think the your ability on the footy field would have been different? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, because the basketball helps with helps with uh, athleticism as well. Because mm. you're jumping, you're in a smaller space. You got to get up and down the court. You got to accelerate, decelerate um, quicker than what you would at football. Um, so it's just yeah, it's just a much and a much sort of thing. Because some guys have played footy their whole life and uh, they're they're guns. So um, yeah. it comes down to the. the probably the individual um, mm. and understanding what, what makes them tick. And if, if you need that extra time to be to either play video, video games or to play other sports, just to take your mind away from the actual grind of uh, some of the training stuff that uh, can get pretty fun, especially as a junior, is really important to have that, that balance. Yeah. Hey. I've lost you, mate. Even though you were drafted and getting drafted um, at that late high school, early early adult sort of age, you still mentioned about the focus on sport, uh, on study, sorry, and mm. that sport was there, but you you mentioned there was you you also didn't want to put all your eggs in one basket. How did that come about? 
Yeah, well, I was I was never a salt, uh hundred percent ever going to get drafted um, until probably the okay. week of. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Um, and like I knew I was probably uh, there was an opportunity to get drafted, but I never had a hundred percent like. Uh, that that was going to get ticked off. So hmm. I, I put a fair bit of time into studying as well. Um, I took specialist maths, which I failed miserably. I uh, did math methods, um, a few other um, pretty tough subjects, and they were uh, pretty important for balance as well, I think, because it uh, helped me for, for life now where I um, transitioned out of football and hmm. uh, realised the importance of studying and stuff. And uh, probably the other important aspect to finding to transitioning is uh, finding a passion, something you, because uh, then we all we all know that people say that once you find a passion, you don't actually work a day in your life. So I had one passion, which was 11 years of AFL, and then the second passion now is pretty pretty much up there as well with uh, with a, a bit more balance. But uh, obviously, the I still have that connection with football and stuff. But it's a it's a lot. It's a, it's a passion for me to be able to do what I do. Yeah, no, it's it's all about that passion, isn't it? If you if you don't have the passion for it, what's the kind of point of, of doing something, isn't it? Mm. And and you, it sounds yeah. like you're in a you've been in a very fortunate position, I guess. The eleven years of playing and now the five years of of being still within the same club too, which which is also such a that's that's not as common these days. Probably a little bit more in the AFL rather than a lot of the other codes in, of footy in Australia. There's a lot of loyalty between players and clubs, but for you to play, basically, you played your whole AFL career at Port. Yeah, so yeah. played uh, yeah my whole career, and now I've got the um, I'm into my fifth year of retirement. But being uh, being able to spend 15 years at the one football club and the one 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 city evens. Pretty special for me. I got the life membership there as well, which is which is an amazing uh, thing that I reflect on as probably one of my career highlights. Um, and yeah, so it's pretty special. But yeah, obviously the landscape's changing with football and other sports with uh, free agency and a few other bits and pieces where guys are able to actually uh, probably a bit more freedom in what happens. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a to business though and it's a cutthroat sort of business so you got to make yeah. make the most of it while you're there and that's one thing i think a lot of children they don't quite understand that elite athlete being an elite athlete is a business there's it comes down to the dollars and cents and what you can provide for a club or 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 sponsorships etc and that's what you get through on the day-to-day basis it's not just that you love playing footy and you just go out there and give 110%, is it? It's There's so many other factors now. Yeah, definitely. And I think it all, it's all going to be weighed up to um, how much well, the, the time and effort that you're willing to put in to, uh, to get to it there. But as soon as you do get drafted, that's when the real hard work starts because you're up against 45 other blokes that are trying out for 18 spots in the team. So you've got to make sure that you put your best foot forward as soon as you do get into that environment. Yeah. So with um, just want to jump back to the NFL because there's been uh, a couple of couple of Aussie rules blokes actually go over there and be picked to kick. Yeah. Like AFL is such a, I mean, the kicking is just phenomenal as far as kicking at 40 meters, pinpoint accuracy, straight to the guy that's had to run 15 meters to actually take that ball. What mm. what's the correlation there between the kicking? Of what we do in Aussie rules and the kicking over there. 
Yeah, so their uh, their focus is on hang time to make sure that they can get enough time to get their their pass rushes and stuff up the field to be able to make those tackles. Um, so the bigger the kick, the better it is, and obviously that's a that's a key component of AFL football. So yep. the guys the guys that can kick the ball a fair way, they're the guys that the uh, the NFL actually love and. Yeah, we've had some guys that uh, have been at, at AFL level that have gone over there and tried out and stuff, which is really cool, like Sav Rocker and, and guys like that. And then we've, uh, yes, there's been some other guys who, who code hop from like NRL and stuff like that, which is just as exciting. Um, oh, wow. We had, oh, well, yeah, we had, yeah, we had one Fijian guy down the road here from Port Adelaide, who's Matt Leo, who's got drafted to the Philadelphia Eagles last year. So he hasn't... Had any game time this year, but he broke his foot. But yeah, hopefully we see some um, some time into him because he's a he's an absolute specimen, absolute weapon of a kid. Like he's only about 20, 27, I reckon. But because he started late, but he's yeah. Hopefully he gets a go because he's a he's a um, he's a pretty shining example of uh, never giving up. Twenty seven. That's that's quite a like you said. That's quite late, and and a lot of people think that you you. Got it. Your prime is eighteen to twenty-two, but in a lot of ways, it's actually twenty-two to thirty type, isn't it? Yeah, and the NFL is a pretty brutal business. So <laughs> if you last, like, I think if you last like five or six years, that's when you qualify for uh, like their annuity stuff. So it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's very cutthroat, and their professionalism's next level too, which is awesome. And but uh, in saying that, they're uh, it's pretty ruthless that if you don't if you don't perform, you cut pretty quickly. Yeah, that's right. And and so you've got to take those highs and the lows. You've got to be able to get through those lows to get back to the highs, isn't it? It's quite a mental game to elite sport. Yeah, the mental side of elite sport's really I'm just getting tapped into, to be honest. And mm. it's uh if you can get out of your head, you, you understand that on game day you're going to play your best best uh, at that sport that you're in. So the professional teams and leagues are starting to take mental uh, mental fitness, mental health a, a fair bit more seriously. And um, yeah, I've seen guys that are doing training now where they're asked to do multiplication while they're um, while they're doing their bike sessions yeah. and stuff like that to make them actually think while they're. Um, while they're training, which is awesome. Yeah, just it brings the whole the whole body into play, and and I love I love bringing some of that in with our toddlers in the program. We might be we might be throwing and catching, but we'll bring in some literacy or numeracy just to change it up a little bit, and and just see how the head can work along with with the body at the same time. Which, especially like an elite elite sport, you're thinking so much about the actual game. But you need to be able to deliver still, so it's it's not just the physical ability that that needs to be top notch. Yeah, our guys are spending probably a couple of hours a week doing mindfulness and stuff like that. So, yeah. learning how to breathe, um, basic yeah. stuff like that. To to so as soon as they uh, get to a stoppage or a break in play, they've got the opportunity to slow yeah. their try and slow their heart rate as, as mm-hmm. much as possible. And, and make better decisions that way. So I think that yeah, that's a really important aspect of of AFL. But the NRL are doing it like everyone's doing that sort of stuff now. So it'd be great to see that transferred down to the junior ranks, and um, yeah. they can see the benefits of that as well. Yeah. So something like that with you growing up, and then and then when you started with Port, how how would that have affected your career? Do you think with some of this new 
development in in what we're finding through research well they're, they're a fair bit more athletic than me mate so <laughs> we wouldn't have made it so <laughs> nah, but like all, all the mental game these days is like it's fascinating um, how far it's come but how far it's still got to go as well yeah um and understanding the power of being able to control your thoughts in situations and um what what that the, the positive impact that can yield um is mm. is a life lesson not only just a sports lesson so uh that's what we try and teach some of the kids in the programs that i deal with as well is that controlling your thoughts and that controls your actions so to make sure that they they understand that process and um and try not to be reactive in any situation at all so yeah it's yeah. a yeah, it's a it's an awesome skill to have, um, and yeah. even just being able to focus on your breath is another skill that is underrated. Um, that's gaining some momentum, and yeah, our, our guys, like I said, practice a couple of hours a week at least. Mm. With um, so obviously we're going to hopefully have a bunch of parents listening to this. I want to just jump back to when you actually your parents had that conversation with you about soccer which you were traveling, you mentioned before we started up to Orange and, you know, that's, that's a, what, a, probably eight hours from Wangaratta? Uh, yeah, probably seven or eight, yeah. I seven, so. yeah. So yeah. That, you had a lot of travel in that with, with four siblings. What was that conversation like at, at 11, 12? And, and how, how did it go for you and them? Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting. Um, so I've still got you. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, but um, uh, I just followed what they said because they, they, they were my parents, and um, mm. I didn't want to challenge anything. Uh, that was probably a yeah. cultural thing um, okay. to yep. yeah like to understand that what the parents are saying is like out of respect. It's uh, what goes. So mm-hmm. um, it was a, it was it was pretty easy decision for me because uh, the focus on soccer started to probably wear me out a bit um, as a junior and I, I thought that yeah I better better freshen it up and um, ended up giving football a go and it worked out like this and I think I think mum's reason for not wanting to drive around the countryside um, probably ended up coming to bite her in the backside a bit because she ended up going to China to watch the games and stuff like that so <laughs> yeah, there's a fair bit more travel in AFL. <laughs> Yeah, to China. That's that's a bizarre place to be playing AFL. Yeah, so the, yeah, with a China game, I, I wasn't even playing. They still went. So, oh right, was there uh, an exhibition game a little bit like what we do with cricket over in in LA? Yeah, so they they, um, they, they would have been a big uh, travelling party through the football club. So worked out all right. Yeah, <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> but how? If, if you were, um, I guess, if you, you look back now on that conversation being, uh, like you said, culturally, you, you did what goes. If you actually sort of fought back a little bit, if you don't mind me asking, what, how would that have actually gone? Because you obviously like soccer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I did like soccer, but I knew um, in my mind I was probably getting over it a fair bit because – my mates never uh, – my close mates at school didn't play, so I was okay. just mates with a few of the soccer boys and still in contact with a fair few of them too, which is pretty cool. Um, yep. And uh, we played with actually some twin girls that ended up representing Australia. So 
Oh, wow. It had yeah, it was some positive stuff to come out of it. But I probably knew my time in soccer was probably coming to an end because I was starting to um, uh, try and wig out and training and stuff like that. So, I didn't, yeah. yeah, it was starting to grind me a bit, which was, which was fine because I was still young. Um, but that conversation with mum and dad was probably a, 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 taking a bit easier because of where my mindset was at already. So do you think they sort of noticed that that you were trying to get out of training and you just you you wanted to be there, but it wasn't necessarily what you really wanted to do anymore? Yeah, I think that's probably a, a key a key lesson for obviously I'm a parent I'm a parent okay, now. Yeah. So but uh, having having some some honest conversations with your kids all the way through sort of mm. it helps with like them growing up and with key decisions like that. Because yep. who knows how that that could have ended up if I had cracked it and stuff like that. So, yep. um, but having those like pretty good relationships and um, good communication with your parents for for a kid for any kids pretty pretty unreal. And I find especially with some of the kids that I'm dealing with now, like I'm getting a lot of Muslim Islamic girls that uh, hardly played sport to be able to play football yep. and having conversations mm. with their parents about what they actually want to do with their lives and not just following the footsteps or the path that, that the parents think they want to want to go. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing sort of space. And yeah, that, that was a pretty critical sort of junction in my life anyway. Yeah. I guess in Australia where we're pretty lucky as far as um, the opportunities we have, right. Uh, compared to so many countries and and then as well, all the different religions that we do have in Australia, we are actually combining those with sport. And I actually lived in Indonesia for four years. So I was actually, I got to know some of the guys through AFL Indonesia, because we've got a very strong relationship from the AFL. Um, It's actually a government initiative over there. Uh, And it was amazing to see some of what those guys were able to do with, with the Islamic girls, especially and getting them out and starting these new conversations with family, which, you know, yes, they're Islamic, but they have conversations like you would have had as a Fijian family, as, as me, as, as an Anglo family, we had all those same conversations. And sport yeah. is a great little, I guess, middle, middle ground for conversation. Yeah, it's, sport is so powerful, especially in the context of uh, for cultured kids, but not only that, but understanding that the power that sport actually yields for youth um they for some reason it's just a an amazing way to break down social barriers break down friendship groups and uh you can have honest conversations on on the park or just outside of the football arena or the or whatever pitch you're on like soccer and about stuff that really affect you and um it it leads to better inclusion across the board so and inclusion, like we can, like diversity is one thing and acknowledging diversity is really powerful, but inclusions when that's when you start to see real stuff happen, um, yeah. life-changing moments happen for kids, for families, for communities. Mm. So with, with your kids as they grow up, is there some of what you've seen now within the sporting realm? Are you going to be like, you've got to go play AFL or is it? give a go at everything. I'm going to support you and, and, and you're sort of going to run it rather than as a parent. Because <laughs> you've been there, done that. Uh, yeah. Look, I'm, my son's built like a front row already, so I don't know yeah, right. he's going to go. <laughs> so, he, he's five, but yep. 
he's uh he's in size 10 clothes so it's uh gonna yep. be an interesting process i'll have to put him on the treaty if he wants to play afl but <laughs> the um I, i'm i'm just happy with them getting experience in different sports um mm. and when the when the time does come that uh, that they want to have a specialty or even if they want to quit sport and do whatever, I just want them to be passionate about what they're doing. And um, their mothers are really, their mothers are really, really good example of working hard uh, as well. So they've got that as well. So um, both the kids, both my kids are different in, uh, in their, like one's a bit more artistic and stuff, I'd say, but yeah, the other one's pretty yeah. physical, pretty sporty and stuff like that. So but they, um, we both encourage uh, both of us as myself and my wife are both encouraging to enjoy sport and be healthy, um, yeah. just going forward. Yeah, so that's uh, it's an interesting process and one yeah. you look back on and I'm like, oh, geez, that's what mum and dad meant. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's good. Do, it's good. Do you think you have any any sort of subconscious? Do you, Do you sometimes go, hey, that's that's pushing my child? a bit too much as far as physical activity time or yeah i think i think all parents would um mm. especially and it, a lot of that would be based on the parents actually past experiences with sport themselves Correct. so um it's important like to stop think about how it might affect your child how it might affect your relationship your communications um and understand that uh pushing them is probably not going to solve much um, from my experience anyway um, and understanding like because uh, my kids are only just in, like starting sport like, the daughter's right in the netball because her mother was as well so um, but that hasn't been pushed at all so we ask them all the time what they want to be doing what they want to be doing and yeah, the son threw up uh, jujitsu the other week so yeah I'll, cool. I'll, might sign him up there because yeah, I can't, I can't hit him anymore. So he's uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, jujitsu. Nah, any of those martial arts are quite a fascinating. I personally have never done any of them, um, but oh, seeing some they're... of the kids that have done them with just their their awareness of of how to move their body can yeah. be quite fascinating. Unbelievable the amount of uh, the amount of skills you can pick up doing that sort of stuff. Mm. Same with basketball and other sports. How much crossover there is, and how it can actually make you uh, stand out as a yeah. as a junior kid going forward about um, how to use your body, how how to save energy, which is huge yep. these days about being able to save energy and not having to wrestle, um, <laughs> and yeah, being able to hit their body at, in different points of the game. Um, yeah, it's it's massive. So yeah, can't recommend those sort of sports highly enough. To be honest. Yeah. So as a as a um, with our, with all our parents listening um, to what we've what you've just had to say, is there anything? Have you got any any advice from your experience as a as a parent of of a couple of youngsters coming through starting their sporting journey? Um. Probably just enjoy the journey at this stage because um, no matter where your child's at, whether they're a teenager coming towards the end of their high school years or um, whether you're just starting out in, in primary school, I think enjoying the journey with your child is really important because that's a, you're their number one uh, as a parent. You're their number one support, the number one. Uh, they always go to you for advice. Like, even if you didn't even play that sport, they, they'll always go to you for advice. Um, 
and a lot of it won't be about the sport at all sometimes like it, it might be about just life stuff and having that sort of impact on your child should should be way more important to you as a parent than uh what their sporting ability ends up being i think so yeah mm. just being able to yeah focus on the journey yeah that's a that's a great point i really love it the journey um and conversation like i mean your kids as they get older they're going to converse more about what actually happened on the field with you are, are you are you a bit worried about that or are you just going to sit back and listen good work it's yeah look uh, i'm probably not one to 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 judge um too harshly but if there are like certain uh skill gaps that i can help out with obviously yep. if they want that help then i will but i think knowing my children i'll probably <laughs> i probably do better off listening to their coaches i reckon so i think that's yep. another important part is to support the coaches as best you can as a parent and mm. understand that they're they're, do they're doing a pretty tough job like, it's a really tough job to be a coach especially of junior kids with um um like demanding parents, like they've got to do so much stuff. They're, they're there, they're doing water boy half the time. They're doing, um, they're making changes on the field. They're trying to look about, look after little Johnny's uh, emotional well being as well as his yep. physical well being and stuff like that. So there's so much going on as a, as a coach. So uh, having the parent support is pretty critical to them enjoying their journey as well of being a coach. And 90% of coaches are volunteers that yeah, without them, yeah, exactly. Somebody else so, has to step up, and if, that, if and you unless, don't get a coach, and unless as a parent you're willing to actually step up and coach yourself, yeah. or yeah, I encourage everyone just to be supportive of the coaches, whatever sort of decisions they make. Even if even if it was your sport, so if one of your kids went and played AFL, would you would you want to be their coach, or would you want to just sit, hang back and let somebody else that take the reins? Yeah, look, I'd probably. Uh, probably help out but yeah unless unless my son actually begged or son or daughter actually begged me to do it then yeah. i'd rather i'd rather them listen to other people because then um it's it's them getting the experience of learning how to be coach from others rather than yeah just hearing from me all the time um mm -hmm. i think i hound my kids enough about their homework already so i think yeah i think it's important for them to hear <laughs> from other people and other influences and other people with different life experiences rather than just mine. Yeah, no, that's a, I, I love that point. That's a really good one because as much as like, especially in AFL, you could go out and coach a junior team with your eyes shut really, because you know how to play the game. You know what, what is required, but you're more about the journey of your child. So you want to be there for them, which, which hats off to you. Um, when I'm a parent, Thanks. I hope I can be like that. <laughs> No, yeah. So basically, I just want them to grow up to be better than when they started. So, and that's uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be the fun part for me is watching them grow up and do what they want. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, we're gonna we're gonna uh, pull up uh, call full time at the moment. Uh, but before we before the buzzer goes, I'm actually going to ask you a question. I'm asking everyone: um, Do you love or like sport, and why? I love sport for the bigger picture now because I used to love just playing and mm -hmm. um, just being um, and like being amongst the team and stuff. Which, as a player, yeah, that's 
that's what gets you going. That's what's uh, that's what makes the nine to five, so to speak, the training aspect and all the stuff that you don't see on the TV worth it. But uh, looking now, I see so much more that sport brings with um, opportunities and stuff outside that um, not many other things can do. So I think mm. sport's really important for everyone to whether you're even if you're just involved as an administrator, as like a team manager and stuff like that, those roles are, are critical for, um, especially for, for our youth to get experience and different life experience. So um, I'd encourage parents to be, to be going down with their kids and taking roles as volunteers and helping out and un- making their kids understand that those roles, why they're important for, for clubs, for the life and how that affects the community at large is really oh, that that's what sport does for me these days and um yeah hopefully my kids have a as positive experience in sport as what myself and my wife did because um she had a really awesome journey as well through elite netball too so um yeah it's just yeah it's a it's a lifelong sort of thing and um, and fitness and fun, it all, all comes into one with, uh, with, playing, with playing any sort of sport. So I'd encourage uh, everyone to get involved. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. I love how you, you over your life, it's the love that hasn't necessarily changed as far as you love sport, but the, the, where you are within the love of it, it has changed from the player to the administrator. That side is still love, though. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think... Yeah. Uh, my my love for rugby league's probably grown a lot more than uh, watching <laughs> AFL because oh yeah I love watching rugby league and uh, yeah, I'm in awe with some of the stuff that those guys do with their um, their physical aspect of their game and I uh, love basketball tennis like yeah so it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a passion of mine uh, sport in general. So you'll be watching a bit of the Australian Open that's on. Yeah, yeah, I, I will be um, when I get a break from the kids. But the uh, yeah. it, it's a it's, uh, like it's a it's a one of Australia's probably iconic um, iconic sporting events, which is yeah. And the fact that we can have it this year is pretty pretty good, uh, considering the the environment we're in at the moment. Mm. Well, thanks, Alapate, for joining me, and it was a really great chat. Have a great evening over there in Adelaide, and and best of luck with the kids uh, and your, your position at uh, Port Adelaide. And, and I hope you, you enjoy that journey with your two little ones and, and, and see them through their sporting, sporting life and journey, I guess. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, congratulations too on uh, how you pronounce my name. You did well. <laughs> thanks, Alapate. That was a fantastic chat and amazing insights into how you became a 150-plus game stalwart for the Port Adelaide AFL club. My couple of points that I've taken away from this episode are parent conversation. Culturally, he didn't want to disobey or disrespect his parents in their decision to say, we are no longer going to be travelling for soccer. You need to find something that is more accessible and more local. For him, he'd actually sort of worn out a bit of the soccer. So his parents also could see that. 
and they weren't prepared to travel if he wasn't actually really into it. And this is this is something that we need to start doing more of and having these honest conversations. Pulling our children up and saying, are you really into this sport or is there something you'd prefer to be playing? Or, unfortunately, we cannot afford to do this, this and this anymore or currently. We will need to look at something different. And for me, this, this actually happened for me in one of my... Um, years playing for New South Wales in field hockey. My parents were not able to afford another nationals tournament uh, with prior, there was a couple of years straight already and they'd spoken to the selectors and said, please do not select Sam as we are unable to afford this. At the end of the the weekend and the the week's uh, tournament, I was actually named in the state team, which I... I didn't actually know about mum and dad's conversation with the selectors, but after, I knew. And yeah, it, was, you know, it took a bit of a hit as a, a 13, 14 year old, but I got a full respect for A, how much it actually costs to go and do a lot of these activities, and, and especially going away to nationals where, you know, a parent's gotta come, we're, we're training in Sydney, a couple of times before we go away, plus then the expense of actually being away. So having those honest conversations with your children will benefit them both in the long run for sport and physical activity, but also the workplace and and adult life. Alipate touched on, obviously he's got a couple of young youngsters and Lily's growing up, and he believes that he should be coached by others. He doesn't want to be the first person to put his hand up, even though he knows a lot about AFL and and could coach with his eyes closed. He actually wants to see somebody else do it, and, and mainly for his child and his children to be able to respect someone else giving instructions, having to listen to another adult and and someone different than a teacher at school and a family member. This is something that, again, in the world today, we need to be able to show our children that there are a lot of different people in the world as we grow up that we need to listen to. And they are the ones that are giving us the instructions to move forward, get better, try new things. So that was a, I really love that point because growing up, I didn't have my dad coach any of my sports, even though he was more than qualified too. I had other parents coaching me. And thirdly, this is a great one. I love it. And I do a lot of this with our Litleys in our in our classes. Not specifically this exact statement, but I do a lot of cognitive reinforcement and development activities whilst we're being physically active. Alapate opened up and shared that whilst the boys are in the gym doing their activities, the coaching staff and the peers are coming around and they're chatting while they're actually doing the activities. They're throwing out things like multiplication whilst they're on the bike. Whilst this sounds a bit weird as far as a sports training session, it has great relevance, especially in today's sporting world where concussion 
is being observed a lot closer. There's tests that all players go through now in the football codes that they know whether or not that player has had a concussion. And part of this is also the multiplication here in the gym. They're finding a basis. Okay, this player here under stress can actually do some of their multiplication and the times tables. It also crosses over and it opens the other side of the brain. Whilst being physically active and playing sport is predominantly about the sporting side, if your brain can be cycling at 100% and still blurt out answers to questions confidently, that's showing a great space in the brain and a great level of brain awareness. This can be transferred across to playing the game, especially in something like AFL where you've got 50 or 60,000 cheering fans and you're trying to concentrate on taking that one mark. You're blocking everything out and you're focused. I hope you all enjoyed this episode with Alapate Carlisle. I wish the Port Adelaide Football Club all the best for this season. It started off eh, 50-50, but I do like the, the new jersey look. Well, the traditional jersey look. I'll leave that there. Have a great month, everyone. See you in the next episode.